Hey everybody, welcome back to Movies on Our Minds, guys. The podcast in Atlanta where we get to talk about movies. Today is going to be a very special episode, but before we get into it, I'm going to introduce Keenan on my right side. I haven't seen you for about a few years now, right? It's been a hot minute. It's been a while. Yeah, I think what was the last episode I had you on? Like Doctor Strange or something like that? No, yeah, it, was, it was after Doctor Strange. Uh, I have to like go into the archives. I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I'm glad to have you back for this. Good to be back. All right. Across from me, I have uh, Chris Kelly returning. Hi, everyone. Chris, I know, I know you're ready for Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> Compared to the first two, I know you were, you were ready I, for this I, one. Have, I have written notes and an iPad, so you know. It's <laughs> oh, shit. He's ready. And last but not least, to my left, I have Rock Nine coming back. Hello, everybody. All right. Uh, I, I already know Rock Nine's a fan of Bad Boys, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. You always can't wait. I never can. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into Bad Boys for Life, guys. Um, I I think we can all agree this is probably the best of the trilogy so far. Can yeah, I, say that? I absolutely agree with that. I'm Like I said before we started, this is probably the most coherent of all of them, mm-hmm. whereas there's an actual storyline. Um, there's characters that have a little bit more development than previous times. You're not just getting blasted with action. You actually have dialogue and things that are happening. Although I do wish they would have flushed out the character of um, the the mother a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I, um, yeah. I think uh, when I was talking to Marie about this, which by the way, guys, she's not here because she has things to take care of. But again, I'm glad, I'm glad we got Keenan. It's good to feel like a last minute substitute in here, man. I'm gonna say you're a last minute substitute. It kind of feels that way. Most definitely. Nah, nah. But anyway, with that being said, um, Maria was saying how the woman in this film, that of course is the love interest to uh, Mike. She kind of just feels as if, like, she was just thrown in there. Like, you never would have thought about her in the previous two films. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what do you have to really go off on if you are trying to make a coherent story like this? I think she was a forgettable main villain. If you want to call it a main villain, I think she was pretty forgettable for me. I think they tried to push, like, her as, like, a sub-villain, in Mm. a sense, and try to focus more on the guy, the son. You know what I mean? I mean that that's mainly what it was. Yeah. So I can. I just I literally forgot. I forgot who she was. Until I didn't they, like, forget because her intro was like. Yeah. I mean know, that yeah, was yeah, 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 raw. Like, she like, came in badass, and he was like, "Where'd she go?" Yeah, it and was then, raw. But I was it turns like, out she's a witch. Yeah. And then she's been having. She has a curse all along. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of makes sense though because she can't really be out. She literally just got out of jail, right. so it's not really like she can do too much. Too much yeah, you, so. there's not too many shots of her going to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they they they. Turn back a little bit because I I got Fast and the Furious vibes like in the beginning immediately and I was I was like yeah I'm about to leave like so, a rated R Fast and Furious type like you know? like they're, I thought they were trying to go with like trying to make you know um, the make it look like how they were like how the, they went where like almost superhuman ish mm-hmm. with the characters how fast they're starting to be with their villains with Rock pulling whole we're not gonna go too much oh, about I got that you, yeah. yeah with oh um, if we're going from taking our cartel members to witches now. So that's where I thought I was going. Where we were going to go with game but, on Vin Diesel. Yeah. So that's I'm yeah. glad they I'm glad they they Reeled turned that from back that real quick. Yeah, because I was I was about to be turned off immediately. Yeah, it was um, interesting because somebody did tell me um, a little bit about the movie before I even had the chance to see it. He's like, yeah, it's about uh, a witch coming back for revenge on yeah. Will Smith, and you know she's into voodoo and whatnot, and he has a son, so it's just yada yada yada. I was thinking, like, all right, seriously, what what is the plot of this movie? See? Like, that See? does not. Well, sound. if you want to talk about that, you'd be like, what is the plot of Bad Boys Two? Like, well, they got a lot of costume changes, shit gets blown up, and then it's 
done. It's like, uh, I like how they did like a it's cheeky nod. Bad Boys 2 is believable. If somebody really? was to come to me and I have not seen really? Bad Boys 3 and tell me that shit, talking about a witch that does yeah, voodoo. Well, how, how yeah. would you pitch the other Bad Boys movies? Like, yeah, we got Fuck, these two guys boys, blowing Mike things Lowry, up. Mike Lowry, come out with no shirt on, throw his tux on his blazer, he's whipping the fucking whip, It's blowing up shit, it's funny, it's humorous. Like, I'm going to be like, okay, well, yeah, sound like typical yeah. Bad Boys. Uh, well, but I don't mean, talk to me about no witch. I, well, at least they changed it up a little bit. Yeah. And they put, and like I said, it is I a coherent it. story finally, yeah. which is you know a nice, refreshing thing to watch. But I it still had that. a lot of the action. Yeah, and they they did sprinkle some '90s action in there, yeah. which was fun. I appreciate to, that. To pay homage to the original, I think. Well, I've never seen the second one, so. I, yeah. I can't believe that, honestly. Why in <laughs> the world? Did, just why, why did you see the third one if you didn't see the second one? Because I was a part of it. Literally, <laughs> well, the only reason why. <laughs> Yeah, if I wasn't a part of it, I wouldn't have seen it. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have seen it. Did I you, had no interest in seeing it. Did you enjoy working on the film? Of course. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. It was my highlight of the year last year, so that was pretty cool. I bet working in Miami and whatnot. Although, can't even say what I want to say. Let's move on. I understand. Let's move on. Let's move on. What about you, Chris? I know you got notes. What What else did you find on Bad Boys for Life? Oh well, um, uh, the directors Adil uh, El Arabi mm-hmm. and Bilal Fala. Uh, they got this movie. Uh, they got Bad Boys for Life after they had um, made the movie Black, which was kind of, which I believe you were the one who was told me about this. Which was the Romeo and Juliet story that was set in um, oh gosh, Molenbeek. Which yes. the reason why it was set there was because the two directors were from that area, mm-hmm. and that area had gained popularity in 2015 because of the Paris attacks. Because the two Islamic terrorists, or the, sorry, not the two, but the t- Islamic terrorists that attacked Paris were from Molenbeek. Mm. So the directors also um, were from there. They wanted to make a movie that really kind of took away from the terrorist attacks, and they decided to make a more of a, a Romeo and Juliet story set mm-hmm. there. That film was then submitted into um, the Toronto International Film Festival and gained success and got um, the attention from people like Jerry Bruckheimer, who then decided to uh, call them up and say like they had they wanted to bring them to America to make movies and i have a little bit of a conversation from uh the interview about that if i could read that please i want to hear this um so uh this is a, an interview from with uh bilal and adil talking about uh coming um whenever they got a phone call about coming to America and making movies. And Fala says, I was in my apartment in Brussels around midnight. Excuse me. I looked on my phone and it said Beverly Hills. What the fuck? (laughs) Uh, Hello, it's Daniel Rappaport from Management 360. I was like, is this for real? Uh, El Arabi says, uh, we were like, oh shit, an American voice. Cool. Fala, then they asked us what kind of movies we wanted to make. We said, big shit, Gladiator, Star Wars. (laughs) They wanted to dive right in. Uh, El Aravi said, uh, he then says, they said, come to L.A. We said, we got no money, y'all. So then they came over to Brussels for 24 hours. We made a deal. Um, then it was the Toronto Film Festival. In Toronto, it was the the taste we got of Hollywood. We saw big actors like Idris Elba and Naomi Watts, and it was like, holy shit, it's becoming real. So it was because of their movie Black that they got to the success of this. I thought it was really interesting that they were just like they're sitting in their apartment sleeping, and all of a sudden, Hollywood. What the? So then, that was the interview that that they gave for the movie Black, mm-hmm. and then that's when they were being brought to America to originally do um, Beverly Hills Cop Four. 
But that movie never took off, so they got bad boys for life. I like I like their story though. Yeah, I do too. I, I like I like how mm. they're able to like put their stuff out there. It's kind of like coming from nothing, you know. And they, I mean, well, they were middle class kids. I wouldn't. They weren't really coming from. I nothing. mean, but they also didn't but. have the money that everybody would have. Yeah. I think what do you mean, like coming like, like essentially out of nowhere? Oh, you mean like, yeah, like no I one mean, knew who they were? Yeah. Well, they had yeah. somewhat of a. They were somewhat. Of a name in Brussels. I know I they mean, did a couple of music videos too. I think they did a couple of Wiz Khalifa. They did, well, yeah, so. they did. They did a few things in America, but they had a, a couple of films uh, in Europe, and then they finally got recognition with the movie Black. Did they? Um, I know they also directed the first two episodes of the show Snowfall. Yeah, yeah. Was that before or after uh, they shot Bad Boys? I'm pretty sure that's that before. was before it's Bad before. Boys. Oh, okay. Which Snowfall yeah. is fucking wonderful. That's yeah, a good yeah, show. I was, I was, I was I really surprised Snowfall. with that. Don't I like how season three though. I need to know. I like, I like that show because they, they don't glamorize uh, drug mm-hmm. dealing, which was which was really good. I, I was like, oh, because they you normally they make a movie, it's like Scarface, and you're like, oh my god, it looks awesome, and the guy gets killed. Yeah. But this one was like, oof, <laughs> you're really seeing the nitty-gritty of it. And that's kind of their style. They said that they wanted to make um, big blockbuster films, but they wanted to make them gritty, which is kind of reflects really well in Bad Boys for Life, in my opinion, that mm-hmm. is a big blockbuster film with explosions and all kinds of jokes and gags, but at the same time, it's very raw and very gritty and you feel the punch in the face and you can, you know, sense the chase. And whenever Mike Lowry gets shot, it's like, oh my God. And the captain, when Joe yeah, Cantillano gets that, shot, wow. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody the, saw that the coming. First, the mm. first scene with Mike Lowry getting shot, I was like, eh, kind of figured he's probably going to die in this movie because yeah. I told you that before it came out. I was like, I thought he was going to yeah. die, honestly. Like, I thought that would have been um, a good way to end the trilogy if they were to go uh, in that direction. But uh, the ending is just, to me, like, I thought he was going to die as well. I thought that would have been a little bit better. That like, yeah. maybe like he would die and then Marcus um, would take over. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think Marcus. I no, think he just no. retires, hell and then no. you know they would have it take place. I mean, they already have L.A.'s Finest, which is a spinoff of his character's uh, sister, with Jessica Alba as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm sure they would have thought of. Uh, I'm sure they were thinking of that, but they probably were like, "Well, we have this show, and then we'll try to do part three, and then part four might work." And we'll yeah, see. that's I, it, the way like I saw it was. Is it what? You don't sound like you didn't like the ending. No, the thing about the ending to me was you don't I, like the send off. He feel like it wasn't. A send-off. There wasn't a send off exactly. Well, I, think, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to do multiple more movies. And no, I don't, don't think that's, that's what not, would have, be what. I mean, I guarantee they're gonna make yeah. multiple. No, ones, they you know? are, but they I mean, you don't have, have you to. have ammo now, so they'll you'll have you'll have uh, no, like, yeah, that, yeah, guiding ammo from here on out. I think it would have been smart if you ended the trilogy of Mike and Marcus's story. So you know, when you come back and you say like one last time, one last ride, you know, f- first off, Marcus to me didn't really do much action in this film. And I don't know if it's because, you know, physically Martin Lawrence just, you know, doesn't have what he had 25 years ago, you know, especially compared to Will Smith, who's probably been working out since. But seeing his performance in this film, it felt like, yeah, he is coming back one last time to help Mike out because that's the favor he's asking. But at the end of the film, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm going to go back to retirement though. But he was like, nah, I'm back in this action. I was like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, okay, you literally—that's that's literally, that's how I walked out as well. Like, uh, but I mean, I, I I think it's fine though. Honestly, no, I'm his sure. action 
that was in it because I mean, if you really think about it, I think it was kind of playing like the guy's grandfather now. No, and see, that's like, the thing. It's fine for one last time. Yeah, right. Like he time. came back yeah. and finished so that. That's there, why. If there is a bad boys, four, that's what I'm saying. Now it's like, so why are you here? And right, and yeah. I'm actually thinking that the fourth one, he's almost going to be almost in a sense of like a cameo type. Like mm-hmm. he's not gonna be in there like that, but he'll be in there. Like I mean, that, that would have been. They, I think they both would have cameo. I don't think that if there is a fourth one, it would be it would be Mike and Marcus. It will be the younger guys. Well, the thing oh, is, no. the Bad Boys Four film is confirmed by it Sony. Is confirmed. Yes. Oh yeah, it's been confirmed ever before the third one came out. Why would they do that? I don't know. Like you, I believe. You go, you Spoiler alert! Sure. I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, it's confirmed because uh, MLK Weekend they did tremendous because right. you know it was against Doolittle. <laughs> not just not the you know sound bad or anything, but it's just, just like the competition is. It is what it is. So, do you think? Do you think if, say, Bad Boys for Life were to release in May, would it do? Well, the first two have been released in July. Right. Because so you have, you have your summer blockbusters, but at, at the same time with the new Marvel movies that's coming out this summer. Well, what are uh, the new Marvel movies? There's a new Marvel movie every Black three Widow? months. Yeah, Black, yeah they you got Black Widow. I think something else is coming. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, it, it, you're talking about Internals or something like that. Internals this uh, fall, winter. It's November. Oh, I think those are the only two this year, yeah. to be honest. But I think uh, unless you want to, uh, unless you want to say Morbius, but. Would nah. you think it? Would you think it would do good with this new summer slate of movies that's coming out? I think it oh, would. It would. I don't know. I think that's it would. a good question because I think uh, it being a January movie, I think it would have been fine. But I don't think for the for, summer, for, the time. I w- because the I people w- looking for action, uh, they, you get nonstop action films in the summertime. And right. if this were to go up against all those movies, it would just get squashed. I think. I don't think. It, I mean, it would still it would still make money. I, I guarantee that. But right. I don't think it would probably do as good. I don't think it would have gotten. Uh, as of this recording, one hundred thirty four hundred and thirty four million dollars. Which I can't say that, but when I first heard that Bad Boys for Life was going to be released in January, that itself scared me because it's like January releases are not the best. Right, that's what I'm saying. Uh, releases. As a matter of fact, I think this film and, and you know the Oscar contenders, um, those are the only films right now that are actually doing good for January. Right. But uh, hearing that, and you know how we. Uh, felt about the first two critically they weren't really good films so to hear that it was going to come out in january it just kind of scared me because it was like oh that's not a good look or a good sign I, I think for the most part i think by them releasing it in january it might have been like a play it safe you're guaranteed to get something because you have no competition right so I, I i do think like chris said if it was to release in the summer i don't think it would have done as well I mean, I really don't know of any movies that's coming out this summer that I'm really just excited to see. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like, honestly, it still would have did fine. Uh, it would have did decent, but it wouldn't have made the money. It, it made. No, I mean, it's only yeah. been out for, what, two weeks as yeah. of this recording, and it's already made well past what it was what it cost to make it. I yeah. don't think we've yeah, gotten we, that far yet. I'm pretty sure it would have made that much during the summer, too, for what it is made right now. Nah, who knows? I mean, who, I who knows? Uh, you don't think? Uh, I mean, you, no, I agree. Yeah. Like, I'm just... I don't really know any hot movies that's yeah. like going it, to it get people's attention this summer. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll have to, we'll, we can't, we'll have to see. We won't know because it didn't happen. But I will, it would have been interesting to see. Like, maybe it may, have, it may have been top five opening weekend, but I don't think it would have been number one, depending on what it would have been going up against this summer. I mean, Bad, Bad Boys 3 has been in the works since like, uh, 2008. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael knows? Bay was supposed to do it, right? Mm. Yeah. And uh, it was announced, what was it, Martin Lawrence announced it in 2013. 
<laughs> and then it didn't get it didn't uh, get any have any confirmation until 2018. So then it was like, uh, and I think at that point it's been roughly 17 years since the last Bad Boys movie. I think probably everyone in general was like, eh, I'm over this, and the popularity of the um, scatterbrained action films are kind of out there. They're kind of done now, um, but I think like people are more interested in a story that kind of like works, but at the same time action. And if it's over the top action, you got to have a movie series that's already been going for so long, such as the fast and furious films. Like I found what was, I was told uh, the next fast and furious is either going to be time traveling or in space. I think that's going to be the 10th one. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to see that shit in space. So, so we're going from street racing to, to, to cosmic speed. racing. Yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna race with spaceships now. <laughs> that's just like, again, gonna, these are just rumors that we heard. Yeah. But that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's honestly not that shocking. But I mean, this is oh, what's man. been happening. I, now I hope Bad Boys Four doesn't take any advice. Or yes, I hope it does. The, you want to uh, see Bad Boys in space? Yeah. Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, of course, are I you do. serious? Yeah. <laughs> The best. Of, oh my God! Yeah, there's your so title right funny. there. Bad Boys in Space. There's your title. That's, that's it. Oh my! God. We go from Bad Boys for Life to Bad Boys. Bad Boys. In space. I, that sounds. So what would the soundtrack sound like on that? <laughs> it probably be, give it a Hans Zimmer score. <laughs> that is That'd be so weird. I wonder if shot like, by Roger Deakins. That would be amazing. I wonder if a Dylan Bilal will come back for that. Like, oh, a really? space movie? They we probably never... would. Uh, I mean, they did some... say they wanted to do big shit. So. My, well, during that same interview, uh, which was called uh, The Spielberg of Molenbeek, um, it, they, uh, Bilal said that his original plan was to create a science fiction franchise. So that's what he wants to do ultimately with his, with his uh, career. Oh, okay. So not with Bad Boys. No, not, not with not Bad with Boys. Bad Boys. Oh. No, no, no. In general, like he wanted to create like his Back to the Future or his Star Wars. Which I'm that's okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested. I don't like science fiction movies that much, so I don't, I don't really care. But I mean, if you're into it and that's your thing, great, more power to you. Yeah, they seem like nice directors. Yeah, they were very nice people. Yeah, cool. What's uh, what I thought was interesting was Bilal uh, just turned 34 on January 4th. Oh, and uh, Adil is 31. Oh, so they're very young. Yeah, they're very sure. young, very young guys. Um, and that uh, no, I'm 35, and Jerry, you're 30, and Baruch, are you about 30? 30. That's kind of like, well, what are, what are we doing here? Mm. You're 27. You, you, oh, no. I've been up 28 in March. Well, no, I, I am creeping up, though, creep. pretty much. You know, I'm actually, uh, when they were uh, here in Atlanta, um, I actually had the chance to meet them, and they kind of scared me at first because um, I didn't know what to think about them or anything like that. You didn't that. know if they were like kind of like, they seem, they're really nice guys, but you're like, I can't tell if you're really nice and right. yeah. you're going to... Yeah, that, I thought they were very nice fellow. I think, like yeah. I said, I met Bilal. He was outside. It was I. Um, uh, I was doing the reshoots, and Bilal was outside smoking a cigarette. And he was just like, "Hi, how are you?" And I was like, "I'm good. How are you?" It's like, "What's your name?" It was like Chris. And it was like Bilal, and I was like, "Huh? How does that name sound so familiar?" Oh, like, oh my god, you're one of the directors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like nice as can be. Very yeah. nice, very nice fella. Yeah, when uh, me and Keenan were in uh, Miami, did you get the chance to meet when we were in Miami? I literally had a walking conversation with Bilal. 
Okay. Yeah, like on set. He was walking, I think he was walking to his car or mm-hmm. one of the car one of the cars. And um he was like, So how you feeling? I'm like, Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good, man. You know what I'm saying? You need anything? He was like, No, I'm just gonna go take a seat real quick. I'm like, Can I get in? He's like, Yeah, you can come. I was like, eh, I don't think I need to leave my post though. So wow. maybe I'll, I'll I'll take a I'll take a rain check. I was scared. I, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. so nice, you're just yeah. like, I don't know right, if this right. is a setup. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll take <laughs> off with them and then here comes the eighty, like, where am I? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was um when I uh, met them in Miami. Um, I didn't know what else to think, but I did see black beforehand. So that's just how I approached him, just saying, hey, you guys, just want to let you know, um, I saw the movie Black and I thought it was really good. And it's just like their eyes just bursted with excitement. Like, what? You saw that movie? What did you think? Like, did you like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all. Uh, it, it was all. Uh, it was. Oh, it was. Uh, it was amazing. It was, uh, <laughs> it was yeah. black. <laughs> you got to speak with confidence when they do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you just learn after yeah. that. But um, no, they they actually were just like asking questions too. Like, no, seriously, what did you think of that film? What did you think of this scene? Do you have any questions? And with all that being said, uh, hopefully I uh, will get to do an episode based on black because I actually do have some questions about the film. Good movie. Definitely check it out when you can. But that was just my experience. Uh, I, me and the two. I would really be interested in watching Black. Uh, Bilal Definitely. actually referred to that as his, uh, quote, ticket to Hollywood as a joke. But it turned out to be true. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, something I thought was interesting was uh, Bilal and Adil both failed out of um, film school their first year. Really? They did. From what I read, I don't know if that's 100% true, but that's that's a cl- according to this article, uh, the Spielbergs, or Spielberg of Molenbeek. Um, but... They uh, they talked about their times in in film school and they said that they were kind of like the outcasts because everyone else was more interested in art films and they wanted to do uh, like big shit. Yeah, exactly. They, they, <laughs> they right. said uh, uh, Oliver Stone and um, uh, Oliver Stone, Spike Lee, and uh, Steven Spielberg were the role models where everyone else is saying Michael Haneke and Lars Van Trier. It's like, yes, I, I see we're at that point, but it's kind of like, uh, you got to have respect for Lars Van Trier as well. I mean, that guy is phenomenal with the movies that he's done. Hmm. I wonder if they ever came back to that film school after Bad Boys. They're like, what's up, y'all? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> so yeah. we join those art films? Yeah. 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 <laughs> good job. You want yeah. us to grade them? Right. Yeah, good job. Good job. <laughs> so, but you know, let's get uh, back to uh, Bad Boys mm-hmm. for Life. Let's talk uh, about the movie per se. There was one thing I think I was talking to you about, Jerry, and it was a concern of mine with uh, with Will Smith when he got shot. Because oh. he got shot like five times and he was able to I think survive that. you were talking that. to Nick, but I talked to Nick about that. Oh, was it Nick? Yeah. Uh, well, I talked to him about it. Yeah. And you know, again, I understand this is one of those film series to where suspension of disbelief, but it's still some things to where it's like, I don't know so much about it. Yeah, so he crazy. got shot five times. And, and that close of a range, too. Yeah. And you... <laughs> You didn't die. You know, not only He's did not you not die, die, not only did you not die, but a few months later, you get up your wheelchair like, oh, yeah, I'm like Larry, that's, you that's, know. That's the part that gets me. Really? The shot, the shooting part don't because, I mean, 50 got shot. The uh, shit was close. Well, like, the, 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 worst, the worst shot about 50 was the one he did to himself where he blew his own knuckles off. Oh, yeah. I, don't I don't know anything about that. You know that? He went to go reach for his pistol. He shot himself, I think. Two or three times, and the worst one was he pulling out the gun. He blew off his knuckles. That's why, if you look at pictures of Fitty, he doesn't his knuckle was one. Less is hard. I mean, well, the other guy's apparently a terrible shot, but I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it. The, the guy's very precise in the movie. He could have just easily killed them really easy. Like all them bullets should have hit parts that was like necessary for the body. Right. Everyone but, else I mean, gets shot in the you, head. You can, but yeah, you can, I, I thought about that too. You can still. Get shot five times and live. 
Oh, I'm so not saying it, him it wasn't surviving. Anything. It was just like, and he, and if you really think about it, he really died three times because yeah, he said they it in say the film. He called it out three times. So he died three times. Yeah. Okay. So he died, but mm. still came back to life. But like the, Michael the wheelchair part is what gets me because it's like, how many months was that? Like, did he even give like, a? I think it was like five, six months. After. From yeah, the, was to six, the wedding, yeah, yeah, to yeah. The wedding. it was somewhere. I'm trying to remember if the, even I don't remember it saying. I remember it saying six months, but I don't remember if it was like at like, the wedding yeah, part. Precisely mm-hmm. at six months. Well, but um, I just remember seeing him in the hospital, and then all of a sudden the wedding because you think it, they try to give you a little oh it's the funeral, yeah. but yeah. no, it's the wedding. Like, yeah. We knew that, and then he gets up out of the chair. Right, I'm ready to go I'm, back to action. Like, bro, I'm you didn't do PT. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm doing PT right now, and I got to do three months on my ankle, bro. But you got shot. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't have been that great of a movie. It's like bad boys in physical training. <laughs> that, I mean, he did kind of have to build his training back up at home and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. to to get up like you didn't just get shot like, five yeah, times. Like, like right. you think one shot and then well, he, to get it, up like that that would have been more believable. If he got shot in the shoulder, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I th- I think they that's I think with them doing that they were show they were building Mike back up to being like that invincible cop. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's that's probably what their their imagery of what Mike was recovering would have been. I I do like the story though that they did for Mike showing the you no know, like a uh, vulnerability. Like, yeah, yeah. Like because throughout all the movies, we just like, oh yeah, bulletproof Mike. Yeah, right, like right. ladies, man, Mike. Like oh, yeah, he just can't die. And it, to to go along with that, we finally have the age old question of the Bad Boys trilogy is whether or not Mike and Marcus are gay. And it's they're straight because he has a kid. We've confirmed it. <laughs> we've confirmed. We've confirmed it. That was kind of like left field, but okay. No, okay. because like that was that was like when, when I got out of the movie, like I was asked, like, what do I thought? I'm like, well, we figured it out because there's so many there's so many gay jokes in one and two that it's yeah. like okay. I mean, there was an overabundance of gay jokes I mean, it is, but between Mike and Marcus throughout Bad Boys one and two. And then it's like part three they stopped and it's like oh and it turns out he actually has a kid it's like oh okay so he actually has i mean yeah it's, it's probably yeah. a lot of gay jokes in you there, know maria would have chimed in on that she like definitely yes. would have. yes it is but no seriously like <laughs> i mean when you with your guys man like how many times do you say something and it's always no homo bro yeah. Well, no, I mean, I did no, that bro, whenever pause, I was like pause, 17. They, yeah. when I, when I, still I was got, like a teenager. Yeah. Friends that do that shit now. Well, I'm like, what does I like, say about bro, your friends? You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm, we're grown ass men. I'm like, I'm not literally saying that to you, but like, come here's on. the thing though. Even with that uh, being said, they didn't have anything, any, any restrictions like that in Bad Boys too. That's why the whole entire scene where they're in the video shop and you know, Mar Lawrence. You know, uh, my ass, what you did to it, man, it's still recovering. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, yeah, the gay jokes are a little too far to where it's like, okay. I mean, but that, was, re- that car- was realistic, though. Like, he was just no, explaining what the not, fuck no, no, He no, shot no. the motherfucking For, ass, the, no, no, bro. No. For those characters, especially Will Smith, there would have been a certain limit to where it's like, uh, okay, Martin, this, this doesn't even sound right. He literally said, I mean, we got caught up in the moment, which you think. So it's just like. It seemed like a South Park skit. Yeah, it really didn't even seem like a real thing. And then, of course, then you find out, oh, it's being broadcast on the TVs. I'm sorry, but if you're doing that, you would be like, oh, shit, man, we're on. They're, they're recording right now. You know. Yeah. And on top of that, it, it probably wouldn't even click in your mind so much as like, oh, damn, what did we just say? You would have caught that way beforehand. If getting caught on camera would have been like, oh, damn, we did just say all that. Unless y'all might actually be gay, but that's neither here nor there. I will say, coming back to it's Bad bullshit. Boys Three. I love the scene where um, Mike and Marcus uh, after the wedding with Reggie, who, which by the way, of course, the audience in my theater was like, "Oh, shit, Reggie!" Yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody yeah. a round of applause in mine yeah. too. Yeah, but um, round of applause for that. 
for Reggie, they were I mean, like, I just, yeah, good shit was again, funny. Again, I was like, that was probably like, oh, I never saw the second one. Oh. So, and the second oh, one, that's that, pr- yeah. that's probably my favorite moment. I did see, I've, I've seen the clip too. on like Facebook about about the interrogation scene when he comes to pick up. The- <laughs> it has nothing to do with the movie, by the way. But yeah, it's just that scene. So I kind of it's like, funny. Like scene, that's like the only that's like probably my favorite part of the Bad Boys too. That scene is as iconic as in the first one with um, Mike Lowry running down the uh, yeah, scene, chasing the, uh, chasing the SUV. Yeah, with the yeah. shirt and yeah, yeah like. Those two are probably like that made Bad Boys one, that made Bad Boys two. Got it. Which I wonder what what scene would make Bad Boys three. But before we get to that, um, the scene where Mike and Marcus was talking about um, doing one last time for the first uh, uh, time, uh, Reggie's wedding, and uh, Mike was like, "Come on, man, this guy dunked me. I need you. You know, I I need my partner. You know, one last time, let's do this." And he's like, "No, no, Mike, I'm not going to do it. This is probably the first time I actually felt." You know, a connection between yeah. these two characters. I don't know if it was the writing and the direction, but it just seemed like two grown men who has grown with the age of time and is asking him as like a brother to brother, partner to partner, I need your help. And there wasn't too much bickering in this film compared to the first two. I don't know if that's also because of the age. Because in the first two, it's like Michael Bay just said, say whatever y'all want, yell at each other. I don't care. We're not really going off the script. So do whatever you want. With this one, it just felt like they were more mature with how they were going about uh, one another. And for that reason itself, I had a couple more laughs in this one than I did the first two because I was able to, to relate to it, right. to understand it. And so, I don't know, what, what did I y'all think that. about that? I, I get that. Um, but also, it could be based basically because of the story, though. I mean, Mike literally almost lost his life in this one. Yeah, but even and it's if the he, first time, even like, if he lost his life in the first two, they still probably would have just been yelling at each other. But we don't you know, know that. He, even the situation they had in the first two, like when Gabrielle Union got uh, kidnapped, that's still a serious moment. You want to take that, uh, yeah, take that was, moment seriously. It was seen, it was seen as but a the joke. way, exactly, it was seen as a joke because as soon as you know she got kidnapped, the DEA squad, like any type of military or policeman, just coming out of nowhere, who has. No re- resemblance or not resemblance, no connection to Gabrielle Union, nor do they have that big of a connection to Marlon Lawrence. That's just Michael Bay saying we got to make some shit blow up. I mean, that's fine, so, but I I feel that the third one was more heartfelt because of it, though. Like, I feel like it was I know, more that's of a what I'm saying. Thing. I feel like it was more of a serious thing and about, I, about Mike getting shot, right? Because yeah. I mean, it changed Martin's whole perspective on life. No, and here's the thing. That is a moment to take seriously. I'm saying we have moments like that in one and two. The but filmmakers just did they, not uh, take it seriously, which is why I you're you, you're just yeah, laughing yeah. at it. I mean, I mean a lot yeah. of that could have to do with the writers. There were six different writers on this, but uh, the on one, the third or the second, the third one. Okay, uh, Peter Craig was one of the writers, and he uh, wrote The Town. Oh, I like and, that movie. Yeah. And he also wrote uh, the adaptations of Hunger Games, um, Mockingjay one and two, and uh, Bloodfather and Twelve Strong. So, so that might have a lot to do with it. Is the, the different writers that collaborated on this film mm. did not like the cheesy cliche lines, though. You know what? There is one part of Bad Boys Three that I was like, this would have been better in the first two, yeah. or the way it was. Jo- it's very small and minimal, but it's the scene where um, they're at ammo and they're talking about the criminals that are on the board mm. and. Um, Marcus was making the joke saying, everyone wants to kill him. I don't trust anyone that doesn't want to kill him. Hell, right. put my name up on that. Right. That felt like something to put in Bad Boys 2 and 1. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. in here because they're not bickering like that. They're right. not They're not on that level anymore. So, yeah, they, they joke a little bit like, uh, 
you you fucked a merry witch? So I was right. like, yeah. okay, I buy yeah. that. Yeah, but the, you know, kill him. As a matter of fact, put me on the list. I was like, it doesn't work, but yeah. it's very small. They don't go back on that too much. So I was just like, it is in there, what, but what it didn't stand like? out. I didn't like the whole the whole Malcolm and, and Martin bit when they did when they went to the I was uh, like one before. second. It, I didn't like that. But then at the same time they tried to make Will uh Mike in the beginning sound like a millennial with some of the phrases he was saying in the beginning. Oh yeah, like when he says turn up. Yeah. Like and he's I, like I, I like I like how Marcus has slapped him back. He's like, yeah, Turn up. Right. Like, what are you twenty? Because it they, it felt <laughs> like he was still going with it like the first twenty to thirty minutes of the movie before Marcus even shot him but down. I, like, but I think but I th- that's also the story of the movie yeah. as well. Like he was trying, he was trying to get into my head. Like, yo, you're a grown ass man. It's time for you to right. settle that's, the fuck that's, down. That's, and that's, I so that's enjoyed that. that. That's the part. That, at that point, that's when I was like, all right, cool. Please rein this man in because at that point, I was like, all right, I don't know who's writing this or he's just going off the cuff. But it's starting to annoy me. I get annoyed by certain things like real easy when I watch. Yeah. Cool. I wish you saw Bad Boys too. Then <laughs> oh, I, I probably, that's probably I why saw I didn't the first, watch it. Yeah. first twenty minutes, and then that would have been a good night to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shut this down. We're done here. Uh, one of the other writers on it was Joe uh, Carnahan, who did did Stretch. If anyone ever saw that, that was a uh, really good like comedy slash action mystery type mm-hmm. of film. I love that movie a lot. Uh, the Gray, which was another f- um, great film, which yeah. was kind of, you know taken with wolves. <laughs> uh, a Team. Smoking Aces one and two, Pride and Glory, Narc, and Karate Raider. Interesting. <laughs> we all got to write something. Well, so, and, and then I, I like I liked uh, the the remake of Death Wish. If anyone saw that, but the, the writer also did that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. it's actually really good. They they add the humor to it as well because it's kind of ridiculous that um, the have you, have you ever seen Death Wish? It's about a guy whose wife and daughter is uh, killed, raped and killed, and then he goes and um, the guys get get off on it, and then. He uh, goes and kills them. And then he becomes like a vigilante, killing drug dealers, killers, other people. Who's in, who's, who's in it? Well, the remake or the original one is uh, Charles Bronson. It's an absolute classic. But then they remade it in 2010 or 2009 with Kevin Bacon. Okay. They called it Death Sentence, which had a really good shot, um, shot of the chase sequence. But then Death Wish was then uh, remade in 2018 with um, Bruce Willis as the lead. I didn't buy him as a surgeon, but I did believe him as killing a bunch of dudes. Quick question. Um, with uh, Bad Boys 4, since that's confirmed, there's rumors saying that uh, Michael Bay is not only coming back to produce, but he's also uh, coming back to direct. And Adil and Bilal, it was online saying that they didn't even know Bad Boys 4 was confirmed until they saw it online. So they're, quote unquote, I find that difficult being, to believe. Yeah, a little bit. They're, quote unquote, hoping to come back to do Bad Boys 4, which I'm pretty sure that would be. I hope they would. Yeah, yeah. I really, I, I enjoyed their take on Bad Boys more than I did Michael Bay's. But then again, I mean, it could also have to do with the producers, which you know, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer was also back, uh, and Will Smith was one of the producers. Yeah, so that he, explains why his character was a little more flushed out, yeah. and a little more sympathetic, and I guess you'd say matured. Oh, well, yeah, Marcus is more matured than uh, uh, his Mike. latter latter part of the yeah latter yeah yeah Mike mm-hmm. started to. You know, his, his character actually had an arc, whereas opposed before it was just kind of like guns and pussy. Yeah. As opposed to, <laughs> I mean, he even has that line like, what does he say? Uh, your legacy, what do you want? Bloody shirts and bullets oh, yeah. or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Do you want yeah. your legacy to be muscle shirts and body counts? So, which is <laughs> kind of. Which is why, again, I really wish the ending was the ending of Mike and Marcus. I'm totally fine to continue the franchise. There's many franchises we've seen to where the third is still the ending of the trilogy, but right. they want to continue the story, whether it's like Toy Story or Indiana Jones. Um, I, I know. Last one. Actually, there is no fourth Indiana Jones. 
it's all in our minds. <laughs> but um, still, with uh, Bad Boys, if they ended it with that story and then just like hand it off to um, Will Smith's son or something like that, mm. maybe have Will Smith in there to be help Will, Will Anderson, but not so I much think, of Marcus. Yeah. You mean like, like Will the, Smith? Because yeah. Will Smith could still do the action scenes, but Marcus just look. So So basically, I think he should go back to doing like the pursuit of happiness. He could be in the background talking shit. Damn, he got his ass whooped. Like, I I think the the fear is if they if they go keep going without Mike and Marcus, that they feel like they will lose the audience. Maybe um, do it to where like no. I mean, if you just pitch it to a new audience, I think that's true. They won't because this is the first actual real villain that actually will whoop the fuck out of somebody. Oh, that's another thing too. This is the first Bad Boys film to where it has a uh, a concrete villain. Yeah. Yes, that's also related to the uh, to our protagonist, or has a, a connection. connection. Yeah, right. Mm. Instead of it just being a random like drug, guy that just drug like drug. who are yeah. those guys? We need to blow them up because our director said so. Like it's the know. Cubans. Yeah. 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 Now, now it's like oh, we have like, an actual person who like has that, a vendetta. That alone makes me want to just watch Bad Boys 4 when it come out to see yeah. what they're going to do with him because I did, I did actually enjoy he the son as the ass. villain yeah. I did too yeah, yeah that was the, it's, it's really nice it's like you know, and, and I mean she makes it seem like uh, that uh, her his father was killed by Mark uh, by Mike but right. then it's like you find out that it's actually, actually he yeah what what's the title going to be for the, the fourth movie, movie, movie now they, I think they kind of messed it up because Bad Boys 4 could have been Bad that would make more like, sense yeah. right? Bad so. Boys retired <laughs> that, that kind of Geriatric. puts it in perspective. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Bilal and Adil did not know there was going to be a fourth one. That's why they gave it that title. Maybe I'm pretty sure the more you sh- you uh, the more you shoot this film, the more you kind of get an idea. Like, yeah, we no. can no because I've even uh, we worked on films too, to where they have changed the title in the middle of production, not oh, pre-production, yeah. in the middle of production. So. Mm-hmm. I look at that to where it's like you probably could have uh, watched this film or not even watched it as you're shooting in the middle of production. Like, you know, guys, let's just call it Bad Boys 3 because it looks like Bad Boys 4 is going to no. come in. It would be yeah. better to call no, it yeah, Bad Boys 4. Like, I, no. Granted, I don't know how you probably could keep a tracking record in this film how many times they yell Bad Boys for life. Like maybe six <laughs> times and they're like, yeah. like a drinking game out of it almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I can understand that. But I would understand it even more if this was the end of the trilogy of Mike and Marcus. Because then you probably didn't want to call the fourth one Bad Boys for Life because it's not about those bad boys. They've patched the torch down. But since they are coming back, then yeah, you might as well have waited until the fourth movie to have done this. Bad I Boys mean, resurrected. The <laughs> they, they weren't going to see that a fourth was being made, bro. It took I'm 17 sure years they... for the third. Yeah, but... well. Uh, I mean, you got to think about over the times. I mean, Will Smith was trying to be taken more seriously as an that, actor. He kind of I mean, dropped off the action thing. I mean, after that's fine. after Ali, you know that he was like, I don't want to do these types of movies anymore. I'm going to stick with serious roles. And if I do action or comedy, it's going to be something that's something that'll get me an award. I mean, that's fine. But let's be realistic. If you're working on a set or you're the director of a film that hadn't been touched in 17 years, you really gonna think like, oh yeah, they're gonna do another one after this one. I'm not thinking uh, that shit. Look at Indiana Jones, unfortunately. Man, fuck look at Pirates of the Indiana Caribbean. Jones. It's all about, about Star Wars for a second. Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Yeah. These are all money making films. And on top of that, when you have time like that, that actually gathers more of an audience because now you can take the fans of the original Bad Boys and they can take their kids and their audience members and they can all go and enjoy this film Because I mean, yeah, well, I mean, like, if you think about it statistically, people who were teenagers that went to go see Bad Boys 2, 
in the theaters, they probably would have children that would be almost age appropriate to go see yeah, Bad Boys 3. Three, and they would probably say, you know, I mean, I, it's the same thing like with uh, the, the live action remakes of all the Disney movies. There's, mm-hmm. you were a kid, and then they, the live action remake comes out. And you're like, I was a kid whenever this came out, and blah 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 blah, so on and so on. Don't take your kids to see any live action films. These are terrible. Yeah, they are pretty bad. Yes, they are pretty. No god. Yes. Well, I mean, that, to, in but relation I, to Bad yeah, Boys, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, they would. That's probably what more they were aiming for. So, again, as I because I also heard uh, it was like a rumor that they also shot like seven different endings for Bad Boys for Life. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, if if that is the case, it sounds like you are preparing yourself just in case a fourth one is coming. And again, if the third one was to end to where it was a trilogy type deal and leave it open, such as like like an end credit scene with Will Smith coming out to see his son say, hey, I actually have a mission for you. It just sounds like he could have been passing the torch down while him and Marcus are going into retirement. And even when Marcus coming out saying, nah, I'm not retiring. I'm going to go into ammo. I'm going to take care of them. It just sounds like, yeah, nah, you should go back to retirement. You know to what? Be I, honest. I, I he could be the, he could be the captain. Like, of ammo? It's It's... He never had that type of connection with right. ammo. It's that's more. Of I mean, Mike. no, he never did. Yeah. But I mean, he can. What oh, else is he gonna do? You, I don't you, think you we literally had. I think him and um, bear, what's the bear guy? The the gentle the giant guy, the gentle giant. Oh, uh, uh, you talking about? Yeah. The I think they all have more I of a connection with him and Marcus. Will have more of a connection because they're. they're I think Dorn, more, Dorn, yeah, Dorn, Alexander. But, but that's what I'm saying. He could, he could grow because he don't have that much of a connection to them. Yeah. But he can. I did want to see His a lot more. A lot more interaction between uh, Mike and the 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 Asian version of Mike because I think the Asian version. Oh, of Mike. you're talking about Rafe, Rafe Char- yeah. played by Charles Milton. Yeah, that, yeah, that I, was that I, was pretty. I actually enjoyed the, those. <laughs> I, I like their banter back yeah. and forth because it, it was, it was like, literally like him yeah. looking at himself. You know, no, I, I thought they saved that for his son. I didn't. See, no, I don't. No, see, I didn't no. see that at all with his but son. I'll say this: when it came to Rafe, I was thinking I kind of see what they're doing. What I did like was their ultimate flip. Like out of nowhere, he just came in and dapped up Mike and was like, Yeah, man, let's do this mission together with a right. smile on their face. So I was just like, You got me with them arguing, but I feel like they need a little more than just, you know, Ammo got fired. Oh, damn. All right, you know, Mike, we're friends now. Let's do this. Again, it, it, it's nothing that compromises the, uh, the film or anything like that, but it was just like, eh, their yeah. connection wasn't all that to me. I enjoy I think it's. Because that's the conversation like the that we were having in the theater was like it's the reason why they're going back and forth with each other is because they see each other in one another, yeah. and I think that's that's what I enjoyed about that part. That was a highlight for me. I like the shit talking. That's about. Oh, it. that was that, that was shit talking is what yeah. I really like. With like you know how we do, we connect on yeah. talking shit. Like I mean, not so much with you because you don't really talk shit, but you know everybody else we talk shit. Yeah, so. Ruby don't talk shit. You know, don't talk shit, man. I'll talk a little shit. Speaking of talking shit, there is one scene in the film. Now, maybe y'all can clarify this for me. It was the scene where they were in the club, right? And when they were in the club, <laughs> uh, Marcus was saying, you know what, man? I, I ain't got to lie to you. I've, I haven't had sex in so long. Hmm. I was thinking, where did that come from? It, yeah. Didn't they have a he joke brought it up, He brought it up. No, in like, no he has that conversation when yeah. was the last time you had sex, but it was still like, I like why would yeah, you? Because I, I like, think it was because you're 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 an older guy in the club with like younger women. You see all and the you know ass what? And, titties and see, that's the thing. They didn't show that. That's what he's looking at. Right. They just show that they're in the club. They're uh, they're talking at. Oh, by the way, um, if y'all didn't uh, catch it, Adil and Bilal has a cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bilal is the one talking to uh, 
what's, what's her? Uh, uh, pa- Paola Nunez? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, well, uh, he was the one talking to her. And the uh, just pulled out the, uh, the truck. Yeah, mm. or the, the red car. Yeah. But that's just a little uh, Easter egg. But anyway, when they're in the club and uh, they're just stopping at like uh, a bar or something and Mark is just out of nowhere saying, you know what, Mike, I ain't gonna lie, I just haven't had sex. And I was thinking, it would be so different if there was like B-roll shots or POV shots of Mark is looking around, seeing the club, seeing the good looking women and then just out of nowhere, he's like, you know what, I Damn it, Mike! I, I gotta tell you something. Like, yeah. I, mean, I would have understood that, but, but just, honestly, you, that doesn't have to be shown. established. Yeah, like, no, it, it does for something like on, this. Bro. I think it, it would have worked a little bit better if, like, if they would have showed it, him like looking at women or it, something like that. Probably, be like, man, I'll tell you what, it's been like it's been at yeah. least whatever. And since then, at the same time, you, you like you already set the scene. Like they're at the bar at the club. It's kind of like that. If it's kind of that before drunken conversation. Like say like if they were at the bar for probably like 20, 30 minutes. Taking back shots, he had that vulnerable conversation. Like, yeah, Mike, it's been a while. That would have been even, yeah, better because then it would have shown more vulnerable. But what I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be shown because you're already in a club with half naked women. You know, it does because it's like, oh my gosh, Mike, look at these tits. No, no, no. You speaking of that's the that's on that song is on the soundtrack. Titties. Titties. (laughs) I was listening to it this morning to prep for the podcast. I'm not gonna lie. The the opening uh, song. Uh, I think it was by Meek Mill. Yeah, I was like, this is actually a really good song. It establishes the tone of Florida and Miami. Right. It's a, old, it was old school though, wasn't it? Wasn't it an old school uh, beat? I can't remember. I don't know if it I was. I can't old remember school. the intro. All of the Meek song. Mill beats sound the same to me at this point in time. Just, <laughs> I don't think it was Meek Mill's song though. Well, it's, it's I, a Meek. It's a Meek Mill type beat. His beats are like tracks of. Pretty I'm having listened to the. I haven't listened to the soundtrack, so yeah. I don't know. It's not. Real. I mean, I don't like rap, so I can't. I'm not really one. It's, to just, it's literally like a. Judge, it's like yeah. a mixtape. It's produced by DJ Khaled. But what did y'all think about DJ yeah, Khaled in the movie? Actually, oh, no, I, know. Was, I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny. Where he's just like, "Come on, man, come come work for me, sell some sausages," and it's like, I, I thought he was playing a barber. That's what I heard before um, the movie came out. But I guess not a barber, a butcher. I guess. But no, nah, his. He was I, in the second one, right? No, 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 no. I don't, even think I don't think TJ Khaled was alive in, during the second one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's just how bad. No, in that, that sounds sense. bad. You just Not in that just sense. Like, you just I, I, can't, I can't stand DJ Khaled, but that's a whole other conversation. I think. But I thought that was know. funny to have him as like, as, as, as kind of like a cheeky little character. You're yeah. like, hey, he's the butcher. And it's like, ah, that's kind of funny. No. Oh, but, but man, he went. Um, uh, Will Smith went like. I mean, that was that was that was like really dark and gritty and like right. gangsta. I mean, he like handcuffs him to the table, beats. His, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but whenever we were, we saw it in the theaters, my girlfriend and I, whenever nobody uh, was expecting it. Well, he's he he's sm- with the meat tenderizer smacking his hand. I was like, whoa, that would that would hurt. <laughs> right? <laughs> like seriously, yeah. did you feel the pain? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a, that was a good shot. I was I thought I was impressed with that. I did actually enjoy the action in this film, to be honest. But, hold on, it felt we, real. It felt on, real. Before we get to action, I want to go back to this club scene because that's not my concern. It wasn't just him saying that. Okay. It was when he talked to Mike and Mike was like, yo, you know they can hear you. And he was like, no, nah, they can't hear me. You know, too it's loud. too loud. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I was thinking when Marcus. I, lo- when, I was laughing. My when Marcus said, nah, it's too loud. They can't hear me. Does he think he. Is he talking about the people in the club or the people on the headset? I think he's talking about the people. I in think the club. he's talking about the people yeah, in the club. I guarantee he's talking about the people. Because he's showing his age. I don't think he remembers that he would had <laughs> wearing That's a headset. Okay, yeah. so he was like, oh, "That's what I'm telling you." They didn't have to show because he was already in a moment of him being in the club. 
No, nah, they. Yeah, I still, I, think, I still would, think they should have showed they, at least. I mean, it, it would have made it better. You, you yeah, have it, but to. I, no, the thing is, it just comes out of nowhere. That's why I'm saying we. It would be better to have a little bit of a build up well, because think, the scene prior before that is when Will Smith did bring it up. You yeah, know, like yeah. whatever. How's your sex life? And Marcus was like, "No, nah, we ain't got to talk about <laughs> it." That actually felt realistic. It felt yeah. like two guys at a bar who are old at age. They're right. just talking about life, and they're bringing it up. He's like, "I don't feel like talking about it," and keep it going. But this scene, the way it's brought up, it's like when Marcus put that to sleep, he was like, I don't want to talk about that at all. Marcus just walked in the club. N- there's no drinks in him, no nothing. He just out of nowhere to Mike. Mike, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I really haven't had sex in a long time. I and think it was the setting that probably, like, he, it's it's one of those guy, like, bro moments. Yeah, like, like yeah, I, I'm I in the club now. Doing Yo, that me, shit, me and you talking right now. We, we boys, we not two cops right now. We It's homies right now. You know like I mean? we brothers, like, yeah. This might have been that like that split moment, dog. Damn, bro, it's been a minute, man. And again, how it went down yeah. is not a big concern yeah. to me. I think it's, it's just, just the way it came. I think it's just it's literally yeah. like he was like this might have been the right time to say something because they at they're at the club, they at the bar, nobody can hear them. It's just you know that type of thing, right? Yeah, I think that's basically what they were trying to go for with that conversation. I think. Yeah, which is it's yeah, fine. I got you. But um, to go back to what you were saying about the action, how I did actually enjoy how uh, the action was set up in this film, especially compared to the other two. That it's just explosion, explosion out of nowhere. And I bet you anything too. When Michael Bay saw the, uh, the third act, when the place got blown up, he's like, "Call that an explosion? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is that a firework in there or something? <laughs> like, what just, do you call uh, that?" But um, I did taking dumps that were more lively. <laughs> So that was just something that uh, made us laugh. And another thing that, I don't know, um, tell me how y'all feel about this moment. It was when uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, you know, they're getting their ass kicked in the third act by Will Smith's son. And Martin Lawrence was like, what are you doing? And Will Smith said, I'm trying to penetrate his soul with my heart. Yeah. (laughs) I was like. I thought that was pretty good. It definitely worked with Marcus. Did I mean, it work I more it, so yeah. for y'all? I I did because I I took it as him making fun of him, like kind of yeah. like a they okay. they they, they yeah. got their asses beat and they're sitting there. They're pretty sure they're going to die or be at least permanently damaged from this because unless you Mike Lowry, unless you're Mike Lowry, obviously. Right. And he's um he's just like oh man he's like I'm trying to penetrate his soul like hat hat. Same thing that he did in the beginning when Martin was getting his ass beat yeah. and he was like I'm trying to penetrate his soul. All right, go try again. It's oh like well, how did that shit work this right. time? <laughs> in like a tense moment, you know, they could still find humor and about to fucking die. Basically, is what I got from it. Yeah, that's the way I interpreted it. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it though. Did y'all actually like ammo too? Like when he was saying, or when Mike and Marcus was like, I actually kind of like ammo's company. Like it makes us feel better. Do y'all feel that too? Even though uh, it wasn't much interaction. I, for what I, it was, I like ammo yeah. for what they were. Yeah, like they were I like, great I like supporting. Big dude. Yeah, big dude was. That part was funny. Oh, that say, motherfucker I'm said, he said, I'm going to eat therapy. <laughs> I was like, hey, yo, get this man some pills. He, he, he said, um, what did he say? He said, oh, I need you to turn to beast mode. Don't worry. I'm going to get you some therapy after this. Right. Oh, thank you, because I'm going to definitely need it. Yeah, it was his delivery. Yeah. It was like yeah. almost the score took a, a a pause. Like, wait, we mean him to and actually say And he went straight Hulk motherfuckers. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. I, so, I did that. That fight scene was nice. And, and the, the, the funniest the, scene, though. The score from on that scene, I was I, it brought me into the it. The funniest scene to me was when um they had the the little the kid that he grew up, the thug, I forget his name. What was the thug that was working alongside with the son? Oh, uh, Zuelo. 
Yeah. Uh, Nick, oh, Nicky when they, when they yeah. the, the rapper or whatever, yeah. when they were chasing this man, bro, and that man said, "We shooting fucking bean bags, and these motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. shooting real guns." No, he's uh, a, uh, gummy, gummy, gummy bears. Gummy yeah. bears. But he popped his ass in the head. But he bad. got out of that car. I tell you, the whole fucking theater was like, "Damn." Yeah. <laughs> and then Marcus was uh, with his finger. Just calling me. <laughs> I was like, hell no. I think that was a classic moment. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, that's for a me, great for the first one, that was a classic That was moment. a great little yeah. throwback to the first two. Oh, man. Uh, Chris, what other notes you have over there? Um, uh, something interesting I found was the uh, cinematographer was Ruprecht uh, Havert, who had done all of uh, Adil and Bilal's movies. Oh, I actually remember that, too. Like, You know how to go back to when I uh, met Adil and Bilal? When I was talking to Adil about Black, um, he uh, the the DP. What was his name again? Robert. Uh, Rupert. Uh, Robert. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Um, sure I was talking. Like you know, I was uh, talking to him. Uh, I know uh, Robert came down and he told Adil like, "Hey, we gotta uh, come and talk about this scene." And then I'll, and you know Adil just being so excited. And he said, "Oh, by the way, this guy also uh, shot Black too, and now he's working with us." I was just like, "That's awesome to meet him." It's just like, God, the excitement was just. Uh, overload, but uh, uh, continue. Um, well, no, that, that, that's about it. Um, as far as the cinematographer goes, uh, the, one of the producers I thought was interesting, his name was Bill Bannerman. He started in 1983 uh, as a DGA trainee, and he was an AD on such um, films and things that uh, he did. The Gate, which is one of my favorite horror films. Parents, which is a great horror comedy. Mm. Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood classic. He did a ton of Clint Eastwood movies. He also was an AD on Take Me Home, the... Um, uh, music video by Phil Collins. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, because I, I, I wrote that down because I know you're a big mm. Phil Collins. You fan, didn't know Rick. that. I didn't. That's why we got Chris <laughs> on the podcast. For <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, I, I, I was, I was doing my research, there, and I said it to my girlfriend. And she's like, Oh well, be, better write that down. You know, Baruch likes Phil Collins. You shouldn't have put that in there. Um, he also, and later on, he then um, Bill became a uh, aerial unit director. And he did um, film, which explains all the aerial shots in this movie. Mm. Uh, he did such aerial um, shots in Twi- the Twilight film series and Goosebumps, oh, which wow. say what you will about Twilight. I personally like them, but those they got some hella good aerial shots in those movies. Twilight was good to me. But he uh, mm. then became a producer I later like on. Both of you, right? <laughs> he then produced uh, the, if anybody remembers this, but during the height of the, um, the boy bands, Together was one of the boy bands. Everybody remembers that? Nah. They did the hit Liquid Dreams, which was a playoff of Having a Wet Dream, which was hilarious. Uh, he produced that movie. He did Walking Tall. And then he did the Twilight films. Awesome, awesome. And one of the other producers uh, was Doug Bel- <laughs> Belgrade, who did Peter Rabbit, the Charlie's Angels remake that just came out. And he's currently doing LA's Finest. I wonder how that show's going. I don't know they got renewed for a second season. I don't know. You know I mean, what? Who knows? Maybe uh, they'll have a, a cameo in Bad Boys 4. I think they probably will. They probably would bring it back. I mean, they did. Um, will Smith did mention that in Bad Boys 4. He's like, oh, but I was angry as whenever I broke up with your sister. And it's like. Uh. I kind of actually like that, how he mentioned that. So, Kenny, you must watch the second one to understand. I must watch the second one? You probably should. To understand. Well, I, I would just have seen the third one. Like I said, I had yeah, no intention of seeing it. But. you already seen the first and the third, you might as well see the second. Especially if the fourth one's coming out. You might as well. It, it won't kill you. It might. Maybe it will. It depends on well, the well, mood you're in. Yeah. It's on, I think they're both, the one and two is on Netflix now. Anyways. Yeah, they're both on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, they're streaming like literally everywhere because of to the promote. Yeah. 
All right, so I want to actually go around and get some ratings out of y'all. Out of wait, t- hold on a second. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so, um, what's up, what's up, I forgot. I forgot. I did got? look this up because I was interested. Uh, Teresa Randall, who plays uh, Martin Lawrence's mm-hmm. wife, it was her first acting gig in uh, almost ten years. And I'm not. I tried to look up to find what happened to her, but apparently she was a gifted child. So she's a very brilliant woman, and she took up acting. And I guess she went away for a while, probably just to kind of chill out. I thought it was interesting. She came back after almost ten years to be like, "All right, I'll do, I'll do bad boys for life, whatever." I'm glad she did. We, she kind of was needed for the story like this, especially for Marcus retiring. I think so. She did add a lot, especially that scene whenever uh, Mike Lowry runs into the, uh, I, um, sorry, oh the spa, spa. the spa, yeah. and they drops. Out. I died laughing. I thought that was so funny. And then she like opens up her eyes, like, "Wait a minute, no!" He's like, huh, "Quick, fire <laughs> the car, fire the car, fire the car." <laughs> And they said, make it 10 out of 10. I forgot the baby wipes. So <laughs> like, that was a good show. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that man. Uh, one of the producers is James Lassiter. Uh, he did Ali, Showtime, iRobot, ATL, Hitch, The Karate Kid, After Earth. He did a ton of Will Smith movies. So that explains a lot to do with Will Smith being a more dominant character. This is also the first in the Bad Boys series where Will Smith is um, top billing at, over Martin Lawrence. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. I don't know if y'all, y'all didn't notice that. Um, what what else he's working on is Hancock 2 and then the Karate Kid 2. Ugh. I don't know what to think about that. But is, is there a sequel needed for Hancock? I remember the first one. I feel like they were all over the place with that story. Like, he, okay, not only was he a, um, a homeless guy, but then the person that also, the, the woman, now she has powers. Not only does she have powers, but they're brother and sister. But not only are they not brother and sister, they're actually like closer than that because they're not. I I, I don't remember. I just remember Hancock was just kind of all over the place. But it had um, a couple of good moments. Yeah, but enough for a sequel. I remember asshole. I do remember that. Don't call me an asshole. Yeah, I mean it's been a while. Like I mean, we're, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more sequels and remakes of movies from ten to fifteen years ago because of money. Uh, yeah, well, money and, you know, statistically speaking, people who are fans of those when those movies came out, they would have children that they could then take them to. Disney's already uh, working. They, they already rolled the ball on that one. You know, as discussed in the last podcast, the Tom and Jerry um, live oh action. Oh, my God. Just, that's well, a thing? They, yeah. It comes out at the end of this the, year. It's directed by the director of uh, Barbershop and Fantastic Four, Tim Store. Yeah. Which, which and Ride Along. Which, which, which Fantastic Four? The Chris yeah. Evans. Oh, okay, cool. But still, it's just like I'm good on that. I'm yeah. not even seeing Sonic. I have no interest in seeing Sonic. At all. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Yeah. But I need to hear Ben make another sequel to I Am Legend so we can figure out what the fuck happened. Uh, another thing I wanted I to I touch on that. briefly was uh, the composer is also completely different. I remember I brought that up in the last two podcasts. Was mm-hmm. the composer is again completely different from the last Bad Boys films? Uh, the composer in this one was Lauren Balf who had done The Dark Knight, um, Mission Impossible. Wait, he did The Dark Knight? That's, yeah. Th- th- I thought Hans Zimmer did The Dark Knight. He was part of the music department. Okay. So um, um, he probably did like a lot of different um, touches and whatnot on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. He did Gen- Gemini Man, uh, Six Underground, and a lot of other action films. So that explains the sound and look of it, whereas opposed to with Bad Boys was dun 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 dun, dun and then Bad Boys 2 was... the you know, dun, 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 and then we got this one, which was more serious, which is good. That's, yeah, that's what we wanted with something like this. Matched the movie really well. Um, the uh, IMDb rating on this was seven point four. Rotten Tomatoes seventy seventy eight percent. Meadows fifty nine. Audience has it at ninety seven percent. Certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes too, not just the 
77 fresh. Uh, what I thought was also interesting was the budget for this went down a little bit as opposed to Bad Boys 2, which we had discussed before. Which is why I'd be a little surprised if they don't try to bring them back for the fourth one, to be honest. I'm sure they would. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. You know what I mean? I mean, unless Michael Bay wants to come back, but... I would think Michael knows? Bay would want to put some of his own money into it if he does Bad Boys 4. He might. Michael Bay's been more producing now lately, hasn't he? Well, the last thing he did directing was Six Underground, which not too long ago did that come out on Netflix. And whoa, what a film. That's all, that's all I'm going to say on that. You know, like? You know, like? You know, I, I, I mean, I, I think it was decent for what it was. It was just... Uh, 90s he, action movie. You you know you weren't here for the last podcast. Just quick thing about Michael Bay that I just learned watching this film. He introduces very cool and interesting ideas, mm. like some things that you've probably never seen before. But then he drags it out for so long to where yeah. it becomes uninteresting, and yeah. that just has so much in Bad Boys too. Yeah. And Six Underground. Right. Just a little quick uh, sort of spoiler, I guess. The first twenty five minutes of the film is literally a car chase. Yeah. Twenty that's, that's five minutes. I think it's just him just going back to nineties action film. It's mindless action, barely a story. Five minutes yeah, though. I'm not I, watching that shit. As soon, that's that's it, exhausting. It's like it's, you're either gonna like it or you're not. No, as soon as movies. soon as that uh, twenty five minutes was over, I was like, "Am I really losing sleep for this?" <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did. I did take a break from watching it then to finish it off. But it's mm-hmm. it's literally old school. It's just an old school action flick. Mindless mm-hmm. action. A lot of bodies. Explosions. We'll, Bay. we'll see yeah. how uh, Michael, Bay Michael Bay does part four. It was even cool to see his little cameo in the third one. I yeah, thought I thought that was, that was a nice, nice. little yeah. little like wink in the gun mm-hmm. at the crowd. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it wasn't even just a pop up. Like he had like a uh, he was introducing Mike Lowry. I was like, this is for those that know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's his goodbye. Not yeah. at all. Not a goodbye. Yeah. More like goodbye off of the. Like, and that's how we lost Jerry. Let's boot the fuck off. <laughs> get his ass out of here. But you know what, Chris, since you already said all those ratings, what rating would you give it? And then I'll go with it. Uh, uh, well, my, my IMDb rating, and I agree with what I gave it on there, I put on this, uh, I give it a six. I think it was a good film. Uh, it wasn't anything we hadn't seen before. It's enjoyable. Like I said, it's the most coherent out of all the Bad Boys films. But mm-hmm. I personally don't really enjoy action films. But I could see why other people would really like this film. So I give it a six. All right, what about you, Keenan, over there? Yeah, six is kind of low. Didn't, didn't you give Bad Boys two a six? Yeah. Wow. wow. I not, I, I, <laughs> steady flow. Steady flow. <laughs> I give it a 15. Like, <laughs> Ooh. What about you, Keenan? I, I give it a seven since I skipped one. You know, I thought it was all right. Like, and you know, I'm really I'm pretty stiff on my ratings. I know typically. you are. So, yeah, I think seven is decent. I mean, it was slightly better than a six, but, you know. All right, what about you, Jerry? Seven and a half. Seven and a half? Yeah. I guess I'm there with IMB, whatever the fuck it's called. IMDB. Yeah, them. Fuck them. Yeah, it's been but around yeah. since you were born. Yeah. I've been here since <laughs> I was Not born. Not before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go uh, with you, Keenan. Uh, seven out of ten. I thought it was fine. It was enjoyable. Uh, I ended up seeing it in the IMAX. So, you know, the surround sound and the images just... It definitely has a better experience when you go there, especially for the action sequences. But uh, as for story and everything, I mean, the first two really didn't have much of a story. So it's not yeah. like that's really hard to pick up on. And we're just more grateful that we have that. But I wouldn't say it's anything spectacular, but it is still, to me, uh, worth checking out, especially if you're a fan of Bad Boys, if you're a fan of Will Smith, uh, if you want to see what Martin looks like. 20 years later, you know, go check it out. If you're wondering what he's up to, that's not uh, Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely just, I mean, it's just one of the movies, like, if everybody's just chilling at the crib, I'll probably, yeah. i just put it on TV. Yeah. But you would definitely put this on before the first two. Uh, I mean, yeah, you? this is the better of them. So, yeah. I mean, like, this is where you can get the laugh, you can get some of the action, and you can get more of a serious moment in it. If so. this was on TV and I saw it, I would, I would leave it on. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, guys, I want to thank y'all for coming on and talking to me about Bad Boys for Life. If only we knew the title for the fourth one. I'm very curious now. But I want to start over here with Keenan, if you don't mind telling us where we can find you. Um, strictly Instagram, at created by Keenan, all one word. I'm not an underscore guy, so yeah. All right, fair enough. What about you, Chris? Um, also on Instagram, CLK264. Feel free to hit me up. Uh, I also do another podcast called Movies, Films, and Flicks. So it's Flicks with an X. That's also on Spotify and iTunes. So please check it out. Yeah, yeah, better check it out, man. You know how he is about his horror films. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Rock Now? Um, I'm also on Instagram at Rock IX. No, never mind. Scratch that, people. I'm on Instagram at I am underscore Rock IX. And also, I am a Twitch streamer. I stream on there. You can find me there on Rock IX underscore. All right, cool. Guys, you can find me on Instagram at I'm the Filmmaker. Uh, guys, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, listening to our thoughts. I want to know what you guys thought about Bad Boys for Life. Is it the best of the trilogy? Are y'all excited for what Bad Boys 4 may be? Whatever it is, let us know in the comment section below. And guys, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on Movies on Our Minds.